He's about three feet tall and made of mohair and leather. He lives in a protective glass box inside an old Civil War-era fortress by the sea and is known for being very, very particular about having his picture taken. Ask any of the hundreds of visitors who've written him letters begging for forgiveness after they've found themselves falling on bad luck. They all beg for the same thing, for Robert to make the bad thing stop, to lift the curse... This is the story of Robert the Haunted Doll, a doll bought for a small child over a hundred years ago. Does Robert really hold some evil curse? And where did this curse come from? Let's dig deeper. Hi, I'm Renata Daniel. And I'm Anne Rekovich. And we welcome you to this episode of True Hauntings. Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Shall we get on to Robert the Doll? Yes, let's get on to the story of Robert the Haunted Doll. Dear Robert, I am very sorry for not asking your permission to take your photo while visiting the museum last week. Since I have taken your picture without permission, many strange things have happened to me. While driving back from the Keys, a deer ran out in front of our car. We had to swerve to avoid hitting it and ran off the road. We almost hit a tree. Two days later, we had a small kitchen fire... Also, we have been hearing childlike giggles coming from our basement. Last night, I was home all alone. I heard a voice coming from the basement. When I went down to investigate, I tripped and fell down the bottom three stairs. I got up to run out and the door was locked. My husband said I had probably turned the lock myself without even thinking about it and locked myself in the basement. But honestly, Robert, we both know the truth. Please accept my deepest apology for taking your photo without asking. Also, please accept my daughter's apology for sticking out her tongue at you and making fun of you. Sincerely, Rosie. So before we get into the nitty-gritty of the haunted doll Robert, we need to get a little bit of background information to understand why people would be fearful of dolls. Where did this whole idea of dolls being haunted come from? And so many people do. They have these weird, weird dislikes of dolls. They just can't stand them. And how many of you have actually had a fear of dolls or even a creepy encounter with a doll? Perhaps you've got one in a collection that you received as a child from a weird uncle. Uh, It may have creepy eyes that seem to follow you around the room. Well, we've all had one of those (laughs) sitting in the corner. (laughs) Yep. And I actually have a fear of throwing them out in case they turn back up in the house. (laughs) They're alive. (laughs) Um. And, and maybe there was one doll that you, you just either had to cover up or put away at night before you went to bed. Um, or maybe you just don't like dolls. And we think of our, our friend Christy when we, we talk yeah. about that. And look, to, to tell you the truth, I wasn't a big fan of dolls as yeah. a child. I really didn't play with dolls. Yeah, I've actually got a fairy one that's around here somewhere. I think it's up looking at us right now. <laughs> it is. It's up there behind me. And um She's one of those ones where I think, I I don't really want her anymore, but I don't know what to do with her because I don't want to disrespect her. (laughs) True. Yeah. So even as an adult, uh, many of us continue to have this 
palpable anxiety around dolls that seem to demand our attention. Many people just don't like them. So is there an element of superstition behind our primitive fears? Actually, there are many reasons to believe that our ancestors did contribute to our darker perception of dolls. After all, dolls have been around since ancient times when belief in magic monsters and all things supernatural and spooky was the norm. Mm -hmm. The earliest dolls were made from whatever was around, things like clay, stone, wood, bone, ivory, leather or wax. There's even archaeological evidence to show that dolls were the oldest known toy. Wooden paddle dolls having been found in Egyptian tombs dating to as early as the 21st century. Dolls with movable limbs and removable clothing date back to at least 200 BC. Now, do you know why they were called paddle dolls? No. They were called paddle dolls because they looked as though they were on a paddle. So you had the doll painted on the top of the wooden so like a breadboard with a handle. Yep, yep. And you could, you could actually hold the bottom of it like you were holding, yeah, the bottom of a paddle. <laughs> so That's if you were naughty, called. did your parents spank you with your doll paddle? Oh, my God. I never thought, <laughs> I, I never no, thought of that. No wonder we've got a fear of dolls. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Bloody ancestors, yeah. I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Greek poppets called colossoi were sometimes used to restrain a ghost or even a dangerous deity or to bind two lovers together. Mm-hmm. Mm. Young girls in Roman times, after they were too grown up to play with toys, dedicated their wooden dolls to the goddess. Um, sometimes these dolls were then used in magical rituals connected to that particular goddess. In ancient Egypt, priests and magicians used poppets, which were small effigies of human beings in ceremonies intended to rid the body of evil or to place curses on those who defied the will of the gods. Early Germanic and Scandinavian tribes were known to use poppets in their various ceremonies for cursing and healing. The tradition of dolls you can find throughout Europe and it's part of paganism and witchcraft. Now, Renata, you've been making poppets too. I know. I just put two and two together. I know. Uh, uh-oh. What's going on? <laughs> so what are your poppets for? My poppets are all for healing and they are for particular uses. So I'm making – I made one for protection. Uh, I made one to open the third eye and intuition. I've made love poppets for self-healing. Um, and, uh, yeah, this whole poppet thing has now – taken over my night time and I tend to make a poppet before I go to bed, which is re- <laughs> really weird. <laughs> but ma- uh, maybe this whole thing has struck a chord for me and this is why I'm doing this at the moment. I don't know. I didn't even put- And they're beautiful. Yeah, they're really cool. I really love them. I you're really you're going to need to make them. tons of them because everyone's going to want one once they see them. I I will. (laughs) Um, But tell me more. Tell tell me more. Tell me more. Okay. Records from the Salem Witch Trials and the use of poppets verifies that the use of dolls to cast magic certainly survived travel across the seas into the new worlds where people were settling. West African slaves brought with them a doll called a fetish when they were forced to leave their homes and come to the American colonies. In this case, the doll is not so much representative of an individual, but is in fact possessed by spirits connected to the doll's owner. Now, this, this connects. Is, this is important. Yeah, this is this right? connects with the yep. story. A fetish contains significant power and is typically worn or carried by its owner as a talisman. During America's colonial period, slave owners were allowed to kill any slave found with a fetish in their possession. Wow. Now, Do- there's a really cool story here from uh, which so which is associated with the Princess of Wales. Oh, okay. Wax dolls certainly weren't limited to the ancient classical world, the one-time Princess of Wales, Carolyn of Brunswick, was married to the man who later became King George IV and evidently she couldn't stand him. So what do you do? <laughs> Let's make a puppet. 
<laughs> she spent many hours forming wax dolls of her husband and jabbing them with pins. Oh, my god! It must be very cathartic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, although there's no concrete evidence as to what this may have done to George, when Carolyn ran off to Italy with her young lover, George didn't mind at all. <laughs> No more stabbing pains. Um, The royal couple remained married but lived separately until Carolyn's death in 1821. I just had a thought. Uh Oh, did it hurt? It did. It did because you know how they say that sometimes you get pins and needles in parts of your body when they hurt? Or sharp stabbing pains that you just don't know where they've come from. Oh, okay. Someone's got to pop it. Right. We'll leave that with all of you to kind of have a think about as we move on to the story of Robert the Doll. So family journals tell us that Eugene Robert Otto was painting before he could even talk. The family owned two drugstores on the island of Key West, which, amongst other things, sold a variety of art supplies and which probably ended up being the source of young Eugene's early encounters with paints and brushes. To me, he seemed like a fairly solitary child and his parents worked very, very hard in the drugstores. And he was an only child too. Yeah. So I think Eugene would have tried anything that he could to keep himself busy and happy as a young child Yeah, and getting something out of his days when his mum and dad were working. So he was a bit lonely. Yeah, a bit lonely. As much as art was part of Eugene's life growing up, there was another presence that captivated him even more and one that would go on to become a legend in its own right, and that was Robert. Now, who or what is Robert? So Robert's origins are disputed as this is one of those stories that tends to get passed around from family member to family member. And, of course, like any good story, it grows and gets out of shape. Author David Sloan in his book Robert the Doll dismisses the version that the doll was given to Eugene by his grandfather and actually says that representatives from the Stife Toy Company, the manufacturer of the original teddy bear in 1902, have records to say that Robert's grandmother, or Eugene's grandmother, came over to Germany and purchased the doll in around 1904, and that the doll was originally designed as a clown doll. Oh, no. Yeah, making it even worse. And it was dressed in pink and green in a Harlequin clown costume and was part of a big window display. Now, Stife was famous for making toy bears and not dolls, so this is rather unique. She would have gone over there and said, I want that one. Mm. She's seen it as a display and said, I want it. As opposed to buying what they were well known for and are still well known for, making teddy bears. Mm. So this was a very, very unique toy. And I kind of tend to believe that as the main story, that she would have bought it while being over in Germany. And she bought it over on ship back over to America, uh, to Key West, where uh, she returned in 1904. And it was presented to Eugene on his fourth birthday. She believed that it made the perfect present, and of course it did. It was the present that kept on giving. I know. (laughs) There is another story here that seems to be a little bit less believable, and that is of a disgruntled servant who was part of the plantation that the family had owned Sloan goes on to say that as for disgruntled servants and voodoo curses, and there are certainly claims for that, um, he wants to shed some additional light on the family's background that could help explain how that legend got started. So first of all, Minnie Otto was herself a white Bahamian. Bahamian? Bahamian. Not Bohemian. No, Bahamian. And believe you me, I looked for a a week or so for a white Bohemian. (laughs) (laughs) So what's a white Bahamian? Uh, She came from the island of Baha. Baha or Bahamian? The Bahamas. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Sorry, keep going, keep going. <sighs> okay. So was she the inspiration behind the story of a Bahamian nursemaid who gave Jean a doll? So she was virtually a servant. Well, she wasn't. She was the um, mother of Jean. Okay, so she was the mother of Jean, but she was a Bahamian. Right. Now, somewhere in the story, that gets translated then into the servant who's Bahamian, not the mother who's Bahamian. Right. And the servant puts a voodoo curse on this doll. Right. To curse the family. Well, the Be- mother's not going to put a curse of on the doll. Of course she's not. But it sounds better for Hollywood. It, it does. It does. This is where it all kind of gets really convoluted and crazy. And, and if it was a servant... They're not going to be able to afford to buy a bloody doll. Absolutely. That's the big thing here. If it's a servant, how can a servant get their hands on a doll that is quite unique mm. at that point in time, three feet from high? From Germany. From Germany. No. They're going to make poppets or they're going to make dolls from whatever they have at hand. Yeah. Which would be scraps. Yeah. But I could imagine that they could get hold of the doll and pick some stitches and put some curse products in there. Yeah. But anyway, so for thought. Yeah, look, there's another story of a domestic help couple, William and Emmeline Abbott, whose lineage traces back to the Bahamas, mm-hmm. and they have been allegedly the ones that have been the centre around this particular curse story and um, the, the fact that they gave the curse to Dole to Robert as a gift. Why you would do that, I have no idea. I'm going back to the whole thing about it being given to Robert or Eugene. Let's call him Eugene so we don't get confused because Robert is the the middle name. Why would anyone um, want to give Eugene, a, a little boy, a cursed doll? Unless they didn't like the family. Yeah. So... If we go back to William and Emmeline Abbott, Emmeline lost a child somewhere between 1900 and 1910 and there remains some speculation uh, from Sloan that the child may have even been fathered by Thomas Otto, Eugene's father. So this might be a reason why the curse was laid onto a doll and then given to Thomas's only child, Eugene. Somebody had a wandering willy. Yes. <laughs> uh, and there have also been to let's let's uh, <laughs> let's oh gosh. <laughs> We've introduced Sorry. another person into the story, yeah. the wandering willy. <laughs> That's confused everyone now. Um, There have also been several psychic sensitives that have been reported to say that they see the spirit that sits inside Robert the doll and they claim that it is a light-skinned black child. So this only Uh, goes... Yeah. So this only goes to this meandering story of why is this doll cursed? Where is the start and the beginning of this story? Was it just a gift given to Eugene by his mother, grandmother, grandfather, or does it have some sort of dark, deeper, more horrible, malevolent beginning? So the doll is made of a wire frame, cloth, straw inside, and leather. Mm, Mm. Apparently his face is leather. And it's moth-eaten. It's got holes in it. Mm. Sounds like my old teddy that I used to have. Mm. And somewhere along the track, obviously, it has gained the story of being haunted. (laughs) I thought you were going to say it's gained weight. No. No. but That's that's me. (laughs) If if we listen to the rest of this story, it is very creepy. Okay. I'll listen. So little Eugene, as the family members liked to call him, loved the doll once he got it and he took it everywhere. Interestingly enough, there is one picture of Eugene in a sailor's outfit Mm. and he's about four, yeah? And Robert the doll now wears a sailor's outfit. Which is identical to the one in the photo. Yeah, so... So is Is it Eugene's actual outfit? Yeah. Is it? Mm. I don't know. Or was it specifically made? Hmm. As Robert and Eugene grew closer, Eugene would disappear for hours on end into his room and he would sit 
and play with Robert and have long conversations with the doll. Now, during these long conversations where Eugene could not be found in the house, his mother and father would wander around looking for him and inevitably they would come to his bedroom door, pop their ear to the door and they would listen to Eugene talking and talking and talking. The strange thing was that they would hear another voice talking back. Now, they first thought that it was Robert making up voices, as children do. Yep. They take on characters and they make up voices. But they would say that this voice was very different. Right. This voice had character. This voice was very much deeper than Robert could produce at his age. And they quickly realised that Eugene was not alone. Sometimes Eugene would take the doll to bed with him and there were nights when Eugene would wake up screaming so loudly that his mother and father would run into the room and when they came in, they would find Eugene bolt upright with tears running down his face and Robert would be found on a chair nearby seemingly glancing at the little boy. With those beady eyes. <laughs> beady eyes. Oh. As time went on, anything that went wrong in the home, Eugene would blame the doll. And always, always, always his excuse was, Robert did it or Robert made me do it. Mm. <laughs> so the family started to believe that the doll was having way too much influence on Eugene and they started to get worried. I'd be starting to get worried as well. So as time passed, Eugene's affections for the doll didn't diminish. The older he got, the more he needed this doll. Oh, now, wow. remember those stories of carrying the doll or the poppet as a talisman? Yeah, yeah. And, and all of those connections mm. to dolls in the past that we've read about? And you feed your energy into it. Yeah. This, this is sounding really weirdly similar. Now... Eugene's love of art also at this particular time was growing and he was becoming quite famous at Key West. Now, the the whole family was known to be quite eccentric uh, and they lived in this beautiful three-storey house um, with a turret up the top um, and and they would invite guests over and, you know, there would be parties held and uh, all those wonderful things that would happen in an artist's community. And so, yes, they thought Eugene was a little bit weird with this doll, but it was part of his eccentrism. They didn't mm. think of it as anything weird. It would help and assist his muses and would help and assist his growing artistic abilities. And let's face it, that parents never see their child as doing anything wrong, particularly an only child. Mm. So that would be genius to them rather than something to worry about. Yes, yes. Now, Eugene's fame as an artist grew outside of the artist's colony at Key West and it got bigger and bigger. And so Eugene went over to Paris to study art and guess who went with him? Oh, he didn't take the doll, did he? He took the doll. He oh. took the doll, Robert the did doll. Did he buy it a plane seat? <laughs> what? No, it would have been by ship at that stage, I'd say. Uh, and, yes, Robert the doll went with him to Paris. But in amongst all of this, and how this ever happened, I don't know. I don't know. Eugene must have had some charisma because he actually met a woman and they yeah. married <laughs> at this time. So Anne became his wife, Anne oh, or Annette. What a lovely name. Yes, Anne. Anne or Annette um, became his wife. They married and they returned to Key West where Otto then continued to paint in seclusion. So, oh, so he, he became be- more and more distanced yeah. from society. So he started to self-isolate. Started to self-isolate except for one person that he kept with him at all times. His wife? No. Oh, not the bloody doll. The doll. God. The doll would sit on a chair as Robert painted and Robert would continue, or Eugene, sorry, Eugene would continue to have these long conversations with Robert um, and continue to paint. Now, we can't deny that his paintings weren't well known and weren't widely sold. They were. 
So was Robert channeling some sort of artistic ability into Eugene? Was Eugene worried that if Robert wasn't there, he would lose his artistic muse? Maybe Eugene didn't believe he could be as good an artist as he could without Robert by his side. But then we've actually heard of artists that channel the masters, like Madrado from, um, where's he from? Brazil? Brazil, Yeah, so um, we've watched him in action and it's bizarre. They crack out these paintings just using um, sponges and things within minutes. Minutes, yeah, absolutely. So Eugene and Anne continued to live together, but Anne hated this doll with a vengeance. And, of course, this caused a huge split within the family, as you can imagine. I bet they didn't. The third person being a doll. I bet they didn't have any children. (laughs) Oh, no, oh, they did. They, they did. They did. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope oh. Robert was out of the bedroom oh, for that. No, Robert <laughs> was in the bedroom no. and this is one of the issues. Oh. Robert was sat on a chair in the bedroom, in the corner, watching. So who was the real father of the children? Oh, <laughs> I don't, oh, don't want to know. I don't want to know. Um, but as Eugene grew older, he became increasingly abu- abusive to his wife oh, and he would come out in these rages and not even know what he had done. So they would have a huge argument and... Uh, he was sometimes violently abusive towards Anne. So he was going into an altered state. Yeah. And then after it happened, he would come out and he wouldn't even know what he had done. And, of course, he would say, Robert made me do it. Robert made me do it. That has been an ongoing theme since he was four years old. Yes. And this kind of adds to the story of when Anne would come up and say, I don't want this doll here. You've, you've got to put it somewhere else. Put it somewhere else. Put it in the attic. Put it anywhere. Don't have him in the bedroom. And every time there was an attack towards Robert, Eugene would be the one that would react. Right. And get violent towards Anne. Don't touch my doll. So Robert ended up going to the highest part of the house, the turret room, and he would be locked away there and Mm -hmm. put a foot down and said, that's enough. Either Robert goes or I go. Yep, yep. So, yeah, it was Robert upstairs into the turret room and Eugene put him at the window so he would have a view outside. Oh, bless. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the story starts to go that children passing and going to school would say that they would see a figure peering out the window and also walking around upstairs. Oh. Which is a bit creepy. Now, if you look at a photo of the home and you're walking past the street and looking up at the turret room, which is quite a fair bit away, I don't see how you can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So was it the children's imagination or was the story of Robert going around Key West and becoming such an important part of the storyline of Key West that these children were imagining this? Or was Robert right up against the windows (laughs) going, hello, children, and waving? Who knows? But there is a number of stories that say children would see his face and see his demeanour change as they were walking past. Mm, From all the way up there. Yes. And also a plumber once went into the house to fix the plumbing and he said that he could hear someone giggling when there was no one in the house. Was this Robert the doll? Who knows? He might have been looking at the uh, credit card swipe that plumbers often present when they've got their head under the sink. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this all went pear shape when Anne really couldn't cope with this anymore because people were coming up to the door and going, there's something weird going on upstairs. Uh, Lights are flickering on and off. There are things being moved around. Anne would go upstairs on occasion into the turret room, open the door because she was just fed up with all of this. And she would find Robert in another part of the room Mm -hmm. when no one was supposed to have gone up Mm -hmm. there. So he was like moving around allegedly. Uh, and she'd had enough. So she kind of said, that's it. I'm done. We're over. Sayonara. <laughs> Sayonara. See you later. So their their whole marriage broke down. 
Now, even though Anne moved out, Jean stayed in the house. That was the family home. He stayed there until he died. And he died on June the 24th, 1974, after a lengthy and difficult battle with Parkinson's disease. Oh, wow. And he was there by himself. Yeah. Oh, well, Robert was there. (laughs) I'm sure Robert was a great help. So even though Anne and Eugene weren't really living together. As he became more and more ill, it was rumoured that instead of seeking comfort from Anne, he spent his last days in the attic room talking to Robert. This whole story of Eugene and Robert just That's grew, actually very sad. Grew and grew and grew. Very lonely, very lonely old man. So after Jean's death, Anne faced the prospect of having the home, but being in there with Robert now on her Ooh, own. So she's come back to the home? <laughs> she's come back to the home. If all the local stories are to be believed, which I would say they are, it wasn't a good coexistence. She couldn't cope with it. She put him down into the basement. basement. Oh, he got moved from the attic penthouse down to the basement in the dam. Yes. So Robert seemed to be even more distraught after losing his lifetime companion, Eugene, and he seemed to get really angry, even enraged. And Apparently, he displayed his childish bad temper by placing curses on anyone who visited the home and visited Anne. He again would run around the rooms... He would now, make, hang on. Are they watching this doll run around the rooms or they're hearing they're the hearing, patter of they're little hearing, feet? They're hearing the patter of little feet, the bangs on the walls, the noises, uh, the random things that were happening in the house. And the visitors that would come, stay with Anne, enjoy some time and move away, go home, would then come, come back and say, the weirdest things have happened to me ever since I was here. Oh, so the legends of the curse started right back here. Mm-hmm. Aha. Uh-huh. Yep. The other thing was that Anne did find out over time that Eugene left her nothing other than the house. This was her only... Did he have anything other than the house to leave? I uh, suppose if he was a successful artist. Yes, he artist. did. He did. He did. He left the rest of all of his money and um, belongings to his sister and all of their antiques and artworks went to his sister so that she could be financially solvent for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. So faced with the difficulties of only having this home and Robert, Anne decided that the only thing that she could do was to rent it out. So she did that uh, and then she sold the house to her friend William Gazer who moved in and they then moved into the house and lived separately but together because the house is really big until she died from cancer a couple of years later. Gazer then sold the house on to his friends, William and Myrtle Reuter, in 1974. And in all this time, guess what? Robert's what? still there. <gasps> they didn't know. No. Nobody took him no. out of the house? No. Oh, he God. was He was downstairs, locked away in the basement. And it wouldn't be long after Anne's death that he started to cause mayhem and mischief all over Mm, again. And I've got some information about that one. So in the late 1970s, the house gets rented out several times and the stories of weird things start to surface again. Two men who were early tenants report hearing strange noises coming from the rooms. Robert gets put back in the turret room and the turret room gets locked up, not used, only for Robert. Sometimes people started to hear children laughing and you could hear that noise drifting down into the house, into the areas below. And at times it would sound as though someone was rummaging through things, looking for something, as if something was lost and they're throwing things about trying to look for stuff. Now, again, when the men went looking around the house, they eventually found Robert and they noted that he was there. And they would go, it's only a bloody doll. I mean, what the hell could it be doing? Yeah. And they close the door behind. And, of course, the noise would start again. So this and must have been about the late 70s, early 80s yep, by now? Yep. And, again, they would find Robert in different places. Now, they knew there was nobody else in the house. It was only them. So, again, Robert is moving around. They first thought that they were actually pranking each other 
and they started to really hate each other because it was like, you know, why are you doing this to me? Why are you scaring the crap out of me with this bloody doll? <laughs> Sounds like something I'd do to yeah, you. Yeah, and the, others, the other person would say, it's not me. It's oh, not yeah, me. Oh, yeah, it's not you. I'm sure. Whatever. You're going to say it's the doll? <laughs> now, so they invited a friend called Malcolm. Malcolm? Come and check this bloody thing out. And when Malcolm arrived and entered into Robert's room, he said it was like he'd entered into some sort of weird force field. He couldn't understand it. And he swore as he looked at this doll that Robert's demeanour, his facial features changed and he became Mm. very, very malevolent. I've had other reports of that too, which I'll get into. Mm. So... Again, these stories go on and on about Robert the doll in this house. Yeah. And no one could really stay there. So the last tenant that I have that is reported is a person called Myrtle Reuter. And she actually found Robert the doll and she liked him. She took him out of the room, brought him back into the house um, as a being in the home again. And she kept him company for about six years while she lived in the Otto house. And she took him along to her new residence once she had moved out. So he left the house and went into a new home on Von Fister Street. (laughs) (laughs) And she sat him on the front porch. Now, in 1994, Myrtle appeared at the front desk of the Fort East Martello Museum, where he now lives, to donate Robert to the museum. Uh, and it was apparent that her feelings towards this longtime companion that she'd had for the last six years had radically, radically changed. And she said, he's haunted. Take him. <laughs> I don't want him anymore. <laughs> I can't stand him being in me. this house. <laughs> And uh, she went on to tell the Surprise Museum employees how Robert frequently moved around her home uh, all on his own and that at one time he'd actually locked her in one of the rooms and she couldn't get out for a really long time. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Why so, has nobody burnt this doll? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is. Sorry, Robert, don't come, don't no, come and attack me. No, please. Um, <laughs> refusing to take anything in exchange for the doll, she left Robert in the hands of the new caretakers of the um, museum. And strangely, Myrtle died a few months later. Oh. And then was the other lady that moved into the house that died from cancer mm-hmm. two years after she moved into the house. I, I wonder know. if she had it before she moved in. Or is this a Robert thing? This is a Robert thing. But this kind of finishes the story of Robert in the house and how he made his way to the museum. So you took over there and mm-hmm. you found out some information about what Robert has been doing since he's been placed in the glass cabinet. Yeah, so I'm going to pick up now and, and talk a little bit about the phenomena surrounding Robert, just leading up to him getting to the museum, because I have a few questions to ask. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run, maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. 
It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. So, as we know, the the, the first phenomena started fairly young uh, for Eugene, and it was the parents coming in to find the doll sitting in the corner. Now, one of the reports I read was that the, the parents came into the room because they heard furniture being flung around the room. And when they got into the room, the child was sitting in the bed with the doll on the end of the bed, and the child was terrified and saying, the doll did it, the doll did it. This started fairly early on that uh, Eugene was blaming the doll for anything that went wrong. Mm-hmm. So it became his patsy, so to speak. Did he find it successful that the parents have then gone, oh, okay, it was the doll. That's awful. You know, let's let's look after you, Eugene. Did he get more attention from that? What has started this whole thing where he has blamed the doll? Why did he feel the need? Then there's also the, the thing about Eugene, you're saying he was making up voices and things yep. like that. It is part of a child's development and they can make weird sounding noises. Yep. Again, they've they've had this moment of fear. Oh, the doll did it. Mm-hmm. Now they've got the child talking to the doll, and they're hearing voices. So they're layering in their bias and their belief on what this doll is. Of course, the child is going to respond to that. Yeah, and remember, they're both very busy people. Yeah, they're running two drugstores. So yeah. again, we go back to this point of how solitary a life was Eugene's. Yeah, and was this his way of getting attention from his parents because the parents would notice him when this stuff was going down? And just another thing in regards to that doll, the, the when he was upstairs and um, he was locked into the attic, do you know they actually made like a whole little room for him with beds and chairs and tables? Did and they? Yes, they did. Um, one of the guys, I was uh, watching one of the YouTube videos and uh, the house is now a bed and breakfast and people can go and visit it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was saying that it was all set up for for Robert. But the doll used to disappear from the window and reappear in the window. It was that Eugene might have just been moving things around. He could have been. Or, I mean, they, they can't yeah. keep an eye on Eugene the whole time. Was he going up there and, and playing with him and moving things? Yeah, because he might have been hiding that from his wife. I imagine that he would do that. If Robert had become that big a part of his personality, you can't just say, I'm going to put this away from you and never going to touch it again. It's like an addict. Unless he's learnt to deal with the issue, he's not going to walk away. The The other thing that we were looking at was that um, apparently his wife died not that long after Eugene. So she was in the house. She hates Rob, Robert the doll. I've got it right. Is it possible that Robert has cursed her as well? Because there are sightings of Annette and the wife in the house. house. So has Robert captured her and holding her prisoner? Oh, that's just creepy and awful. Mm. We need to put that house on our bucket list. Oh, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I want to meet Robert the doll, though. I'm a little bit worried about that. Anyway, let's get on to the museum. Yes. So we're going to look at some of the uh, phenomena that has happened at the museum since Robert has arrived. Uh, So apparently Robert has this pet lion Mm -hmm. that's with him and the, the caretakers have had the pet lion thrown thrown at them. They don't Mm -hmm. actually see it happen, but it gets thrown at them. Now, is this workers playing pranks on each other just to freak them out? Who knows? Uh, Then there was another one that was a cleaner who had finished cleaning for the night, returned the next morning to find several lights were turned back on again, including one near Robert's case, and the doll was in a different position to the night it was before, and... Apparently there was a layer of dust on the doll's feet. No. As if he had been walking around. Oh, no. (laughs) Could you just imagine this as a target for pranksters? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Now, look, one thing is maybe the cleaner got in trouble for leaving the lights on overnight. Could, yes. That's true. And they've gone, oh, the doll did it. (laughs) It's worked for years for Eugene. (laughs) Just keep saying it. And if there was dust, layer of dust on the the feet, wouldn't there have been footprints around the, the case? Yes. 
Hmm. Oh, mysterious. Okay, now the other thing that's been heard is footsteps around the museum at night when nobody was there, except for the people who were there listening for footsteps. <laughs> do they have cameras? That's what I want to know. And well, did is, all of this happen before he was put in his glass this case? This is my big gripe. If there is that much activity happening, why don't they have surveillance cameras up to capture some evidence? True. I'd have a camera on Robert the doll. Mm, absolutely. And I'd have it on a Facebook page. <laughs> now, <laughs> well, Robert the doll does have he, his own Facebook page. I will get back to that he shortly. He does. He has a web page and a Facebook page. Yeah, thank you. I just won't talk about it now. You've done okay. it for me. No, no. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, the, the other thing is that people talk about the expressions on the doll's face from going from neutral to nasty in the blink of an eye. Now, this is where, as humans, we look at people's faces to get information for our flight or fight. If we've heard all these rules and regulations about Robert the doll, and maybe we've broken some of them, or somebody near me has broken some of them and maybe bad-mouthing the doll, Mm -hmm. your brain is going to look at that doll's face and you're going to interpret it now as malevolent because something bad's going to happen because that is what you are expecting to happen Yes, and your brain will try to please you. And Robert's face is pretty bland. It is. very bland. doesn't have characteristics that are overt. Mm. So anyone looking at the doll can layer on their own pareidolia. Let's use that big word. Yep. And see something different. Yeah. There's also a story of someone trying to photograph Robert without his hat and their camera wouldn't work. Until the hat was put back on. Yes. And then it worked. Now, staff say that he regularly changes position within his display case and visitors have reported seeing Robert put his hand against his glass case. Now, surely there would be a photo of that. They would have said, Robert, can I take your photo? And you'd take a snapshot of that, the hand moving position. But there's none? Strangely, there's none. Uh, A psychic investigator said that Robert's soul is slowly dying with his hair turning white as the years and he grows older. Mm, Maybe it's just... Yeah, he's got no hair. (laughs) He doesn't have a hair on his head. He's got a sailor's hat on. Yeah. So there's another story that he still appears in the room upstairs at his old house. And apparently, as I said, Anne, Annette has been seen there too, alongside Robert. And this is where the uh, the idea was that maybe uh, she is cursed because she's actually seen in the turret room where which she hated. Yes. Um, and maybe she's locked in there to spend an eternity with Robert. Yep. He's, he's, he's got, poor part of him has got her trapped up there going, Bitch, this is payback. <laughs> Now, would you like to hear the rules of visiting yes, Robert please. in the museum? Because yes. there's, there's rules. Yes. How brilliant is this to get people oh into a museum? God, it is. Fantastic. You, you can imagine people standing there doing these rules and you'd be looking at Anyway, all right, let's get on to it. Yes. So if you want to meet Robert and take a photo, first off, you must greet Oh, we've got some thunder happening thunder out there. Thunder and lightning, very, very frightening. That was well placed. Robert might be uh, coming in to oh, um, no. let us know. Robert, we're, we're telling people your rules. It's okay. You must greet and introduce yourself to Robert politely. If you want to take a photo of Robert, you must ask his permission. Now, I've got to say there, how do you know if he says yes? <laughs> No. I'd be scared that it wasn't going to be a yes and I'd take the photo and get home and find out it was actually a no. But I suppose if your camera works, it's a yes. Mm-hmm. Treat him with respect mm-hmm. so you can't make fun of him. Mm-hmm. No sticking out your tongue. No, no, I've got letters to read to you about no. all of that. Zach, Zach, um, don't do it, Zach. Yep. Don't go. You'll be cursed forever. And uh, finally, you can't leave the museum without saying goodbye. Oh, Okay. So you've got to wind your way through the museum to get to Robert. He's, he's downstairs somewhere again yeah. in a basement yeah. area. So what happens if you don't do all these rules? Oh, what happens? 
dreadful misfortune. <laughs> of course. Car accidents, physical accidents, relationships, breakdowns, divorce, death, disease and job loss. Shocking. I know. God, he's responsible for a lot. So to substantiate this, the museum is filled with letters of apologies. He receives one to three letters daily. What? Now, at least during COVID, they might have been shut down for a while, so Robert couldn't curse anyone for a bit. And the doll supposedly has a sweet tooth. (laughs) I don't know how this came about. (laughs) I'm just going to say I'm sure the staff have a sweet tooth too. (laughs) And receives gifts from around the world. He's also sent money and, according to one article, joints. Nice. (laughs) Nothing like a reefer. Chill out, Robert. I want to know know which staff member suggested that Robert needs (laughs) joints. (laughs) Yes, apparently the museum has said, oh, no, 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 no. That would be completely appropriate. But let me read you a couple of the letters of things that happened to people who didn't do the right thing. Now, I like this one because they they don't start off with a dear Robert. Robert. Okay, you win. I'll admit, I wasn't a believer, but I'm at the point where I def change my mind. <laughs> we were there to see you on our honeymoon in the beginning beginning of July. Uh-oh. <laughs> what a romantic thing to do. I know. I did take pictures of you and didn't ask or introduce myself. I've always believed in spirits and the afterlife, but I wasn't convinced a doll could affect me if I didn't talk to it. However, you win. Life has been really tough since we've come home. My camera wouldn't work right after we saw you. The camera card that was in it melted and the pics can't be recovered. I lost two days' worth of honeymoon stuff and years' worth of other memories. Oh, his wife would never have forgiven him for that. <laughs> oh, this, I think this is um, a, a lady. I oh, think. okay. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, all I can say is... Yeah, download your pictures. You shouldn't have years' <laughs> worth on an SD card. Uh, when we got home, we discovered our camper is rotted out. Oh. So they're blaming Robert for their camper rotting out. Mm-hmm. And they lost something on their boat trailer as they were driving. My water pump went out in the Buick on the way to the beach. Oh, you could be right. Could be. Oh, no, it's a female. Um, our AC went up. The computer isn't working, so I can't load my pics. So she can't back up her photos. My husband can't find anyone who is hiring and has never had a problem finding a job before. We're down to $40 in our checking account and no paycheck in sight. I'm sorry, in capital letters. <laughs> Truly, honestly, sorry. And she she sounds cranky. I, among many, haven't given you the respect you wanted and have paid for it. She didn't say deserved. Just say she said I wanted. I even got court papers in the mail for being summoned into court. We will be back in Key West one day and will come back to see you and the rules won't be ignored. But until then, I hope you accept my apology and let me off the hook. Thanks, Robert. (laughs) Love and the, the name was Mast. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> now, this is a completely different tone, this one. Dear Robert the Doll, I am so very sorry for taking your picture during my visit in the Keys. I have never been a superstitious person, but that has all changed. Since coming back from the Keys and taking your picture, after I was warned not to, I have experienced more bad luck than ever. My house was struck by lightning. (laughs) No! Three times! (laughs) And I have to get, um, and I've had to replace very expensive items because of this. I've been very ill, including getting a staph infection in my (laughs) lymph node. Oh, dear. Our big screen TV recently went out and we had to have it fixed last January. I lost a grandmother, and right after that, on Easter Sunday, I lost another grandmother. Oh, dear. I do not contribute these to you, but they are still on my list of bad (laughs) luck. These are just a few of the things that have happened, and I am hoping that by sending this letter, my luck will somehow change. Please, please, please accept my apology. I promise that if I ever find myself in Key West again, I will be sure not to take your picture. Sincerely, Tonya from Florida. Oh, God bless. God bless. Now, we, we know what happens, right? It's like when people are told they've got attachments yes. or somebody's cursed them. Yep. 
you immediately start seeing, try to see ways that you have been cursed. Or try and make that curse the real issue, that it's nothing that you could possibly have done yeah. or it can't be something that just happens in normal life. Although having your house struck by lightning three times is a bit much. <laughs> It's got to be a curse. Yeah, we hear this all the time. But it's because you now change your focus to the bad stuff in your life instead of the good stuff. Yeah. Um, And it's the bad stuff is always there. It balances out the good stuff. We've got to have bad stuff to appreciate the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's really important that if somebody has told you you've got a curse or you've got bad luck or something like that, that you don't give it the energy because you will draw it to you. You will make it happen. So reject it and look for the good stuff in your life every day. You know, there's been movies made about him. Has there? there what, has. Are the, what are the movies? Robert. They are just called Robert. <laughs> um, the Curse of Robert. The Revenge of the Robert Doll. Robert Reborn, which was the latest one in 2019. Um, there's lots of books have been written about him and he actually has his own PA of sorts, a personal assistant, (laughs) who handles his social media and even has, now I'm using my fingers to do inverted commas, his voice reading out things and apparently he likes memes. Robert likes a good meme, um, but he also has appearances at conventions and I think he's been the uh, centre of a few of the ghost hunting TV shows as well. Uh, I think also I read somewhere that Chucky, the movie. Yeah, I was going to ask. I think Chucky, the movie, was inspired inspired by by his story. By Robert the Doll. But he does have his own website if you want to read more about Robert the Doll and it is robertthedoll.org. Now, we've got to get down to is this a true haunting or not? Is it a thought form that's been projected into this inanimate object by a child because he has channeled so much of his energy into it? Which makes it a fetish. It does. It goes back to the history and makes it a fetish doll. Mm. But does this fetish actually have the power that people have given it? Even after Eugene and after Anne and after the house, it's now moved into a museum. It somewhere that has never had an association with it other than it is now Robert's home. Does this continue to have an offer, um, this continual continual curse, or is it a great story and an opportunity for this wonderful little township and the museum that sits there and was probably never really visited for a really yeah, long time. It's great for tourism. Until Robert came into the picture. But I've got another little thought oh, and it popped yeah. into my mind yesterday. Yeah. Now, I would like to know what faith the family was. I was trying to find out who Robert Eugene Otto, now that's the name of the boy Eugene, mm-hmm. the man, what their faith was. Because I looked up the surname Otto and it's quite a popular Jewish name. Mm-hmm. And they were from Germany. Mm-hmm. And we know that in the Jewish faith culture that they can actually create beings called a golem. Now, I know that they are normally made from items of the earth like clay and sticks and mud, but it was just a little thought that popped into my head. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something that through their faith is mm-hmm. created, but I've got nothing on that. But mm-hmm. there was just a, a thought. Mm-hmm. It was a thought form. It was a thought form. <laughs> now, or, or was it the maid that stuffed the doll with some cursed items? I don't know. I'm what, what, ask, are your, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Would you take a photo of Robert without ta- asking permission? No. No, neither would I. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stick to the um, yeah, to just to the careful side, and I I would follow the rules. Yeah, and look, I honestly I don't think that it it, it is a true haunting. Oh God, <laughs> if I get bad luck now, <laughs> uh, um, but it's certainly a good story. Yep. And it's supporting a great little museum. It is. Um, which is preserving history. Oh, I've, I've just I've got th- chills all through uh, my I've, body. <laughs> I also think it's a respectful thing for this doll to be in a safe place after it has literally been the support system for a human being for their whole life. Whatever the story afterwards is, I'm not sure. I would have to dig even further to try and find out more as we find with all of these stories. Digging further and further and further takes us down a rabbit hole, but it helps us to understand why these things are the way they are. I would still be respectful 
of this doll. But we also are respectful for all spirits that we deal with. Yeah, we don't take photos. Or, you know, we, we will often say, would you like to show yourself or could you show yourself, please? Yeah. And then we take a photo. Yeah. yeah, there are things still we do not understand about <laughs> this world. And when we go to visit, we will follow the rules. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of True Hauntings. If you've enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you could share it amongst your friends. But most importantly, if you can subscribe and if you are on iTunes, if you could leave us a five-star review, that will help keep us visible on iTunes and help more people find us. Stay tuned next week for a look at the most haunted hotel in America. The Stanley Hotel, which I have had the pleasure of staying at. I can't wait to hear that story. Until then, stay safe and we'll see you on the dark side. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube.